0: I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. En el nombre de Dios, el Padre, el Hijo y el Espíritu Santo. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. morning. Eric threatened me that if I cried too much, he wouldn't play the songs I wanted to sing. So, just let you know, try to hold it together. Uh, But I wore waterproof makeup just in case. You never know who's going to walk through the doors of our Trinity Cathedral. There are the usual suspects, your clergy and your staff, all of you who volunteer on a daily basis, and all of you who join us at all hours of the day and night during the week to serve in ministry and join together in fellowship. Frequently, our bishop walks through the door, and just a couple weeks ago, the presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church just dropped in. Of all the great advice I've heard about church, one of the pieces that always sticks in my mind is that every person who walks through these doors is brought by the Holy Spirit. Nunca podemos saber quién va a caminar a través de las puertas de la catedral. Sin embargo, cada persona que entra por nuestras puertas es un regalo del Espíritu Santo. Esta semana, oré con un hombre que encontró a su hijo en el patio. Él quería dar gracias a Dios por la búsqueda de su hijo. Y también para orar por el temor que sentía por su hijo volver a su casa. Cuando Dios entra por la puerta... Dodo cambia. On Tuesday, the Holy Spirit ushered in a family who wanted to pray. I went downstairs to find a man with his two sons sitting in the art gallery. The man was probably in his early to mid-fifties, and his young men probably aged 16 and 7. And they were clearly his sons, the spitting image. I introduced myself and asked what they wanted to pray about today. The man gestured to his teenage son. My son was gone. He was gone. And this morning I came to find him. And I found him here at your church. And I knew we had to come in and pray and give thanks to God. So I want to pray for that. But I'm also scared. Because I've just asked him to come home. To come back and live with us. My son was gone, and I found him here, and I knew that we had to come and pray. At this point, the man had a tear rolling down his face. And when I asked his son if it was okay that we pray about all this, he had a look that was a mixture of timidness and bravery. So this man and his sons and I stood in the gallery and held hands, And gave thanks to God for all the good things that God does. For the love of family. For the hope that springs within us in the darkness. And for the fear and the glory that God walking through the door creates in our lives. You never know who's going to walk through the doors of Trinity Cathedral. This morning we have three readings that speak to us of this truth. That God's ability to create miracles in desperate situations is beyond compare. And that God works through us and empowers us with his authority to share in the building up of God's kingdom here on earth. So today, it's all about the prophets. People who proclaim the will of God in a visionary and powerful way. More than that, these are the prophets who show the will of God and speak to the truth of who God is and how God feels about us in the eschatological sense, which is a fancy theology word for saying that the way these people speak about the relationship between us and God is concerned with the last things, death, judgment, and what happens to us. First, we have Elijah and this quick succession of miracles that happen as he exits his stay in the wilderness and goes into the town of Zarephath, where God tells him that a widow of Sidon, the same place where Elijah's archenemy Jezebel will be from, will feed him. And in this unlikely place, we see a pattern established of what happens to people when they respond to God's call. The widow of Zarephath and her son are starving when Elijah asks that she feed him. I can't do that, she says, because I only have this little bit of oil and grain which I'm going to take home. We will eat and then both die. And Elijah promises her that the grain and oil will hold, and it does But the widow's son dies anyway, and with it, her glimmer of astonishment that sustenance can come from scarcity is immediately lost. Elijah takes her son from her, goes upstairs, and scripture describes what happens next in a rather odd way. Three times, Elijah stretches himself over the corpse and stands up again, which is weird, but Elijah is making a prophetic action, a physical rendering of what God can do by lying down to mimic the dead and by standing up in testament to resurrection. Elijah goes in a hope to the very end of things, the place of death. And God meets him there to bring life and restore this family to wholeness. And when the woman sees her son, this woman who presumably does not worship Yahweh, God says to Elijah, sorry, God doesn't say, the woman says to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is true. Essentially in the Hebrew, I know that the power that is working in you is the power of God. Las lecturas de hoy describen los principales profetas que hablan de las cosas finales, las respuestas a las preguntas últimas de quién es Dios y cómo Dios se comporta. Elías trae el hijo de una mujer a la vida. Él hace esto en una acción física de la profecía, que se extendía por todo el cuerpo y luego de pie tres veces. Es una imagen de la resurrección. Jesús recuerda este milagro de resucitar al Hijo de la viuda en frente de una gran multitud. Las personas se dan cuenta de que Jesús hará aún mayores elegís. Vemos que Dios nos encuentra con el amor cuando nos desesperamos, con la luz en la oscuridad y con la vida como una respuesta a la muerte. In the early days of Jesus' ministry, he travels less than 10 miles from his hometown of Nazareth to a village called Nain. And there we meet another widow and the son she has lost. Both of these women are in precarious status because they are without husbands. And the loss of their sons means almost certain death for them too. So we have the sons who are dead and the women who are in many ways encountering the loss of life. Jesus approaches the bier, the frame on which a corpse is carried, and touches it, simply touches it. And in front of this son's mother and all of Jesus' followers and all of the crowd gathered for the funeral, Jesus calls out, young man, I say to you, rise. And he did. And in this moment, Jesus is recalling to mind for the people this earlier miracle of Elijah. And suddenly, people realize that Jesus is a prophet in a big way, that Jesus will tell by word and action the will of God in a greater way than even Elijah. And Luke says something fascinating about those gathered around Jesus and their reaction. They see the young man rise from the dead, and Luke writes, Fear seized all of them, and they glorified God. If the Holy Spirit ushers in every person who walks through the door, if we recall the opportunity that we pray for in the baptismal covenant to seek and serve Christ in all persons, what happens when God shows up? When God shows up, or when we realize that God is already here, it's awful. And I mean that both ways. Our reaction is this profound mixture of awe and wonder combined with a sense of our realizing that we are very small in the scheme of things and feeling that deep existential question, why me? And an experience of God is an encounter That exposes us to who God is and what God is doing at work in us and in the world around us. If God in an encounter is being exposed to us, our reaction can immediately jump to, what about me is being exposed to God? And we might feel a little desperate That the creator of the universe who knows all things that were and are and are to come has shown up in this space and sees us. Not just a simple acknowledgement, hello there, I'm God, but that God knows everything. We jump naturally to fear. What Jesus models for us is that God goes to as far as any length we can fathom to meet us exactly as we are. Because what God does and who God is, is a God who brings something out of nothing. God pulls light from the darkness. God loves all the people we think are unlovable, even ourselves. Friends, when God walks through the door, everything changes. What God sets into motion before and after the principal acts of Jesus' life and death and resurrection and ascension is that when God walks through the door, God often has to use one of us. In the letter to the Galatians, Paul teases this out a little bit. Remember, Paul was really ardent in his faith strictly adhering to a life with purpose and mission, and God literally knocks him off of his high horse, which he now eloquently describes in Galatians as a much softer thing. When God, who had set me apart before I was born and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me. What Paul describes is that when God walks in, if it's going to be evident in other people, if we are widows who can receive the prophets then inevitably we are going to be the prophets to the widows la historia de san pablo y su si conversión nos confirman que para dios caminar por la puerta nos utiliza sobre todo cuando no lo esperamos si a veces somos las viudas que necesitan un profeta Entonces, también será una profeta a las vidas. Esta es una situación que nos trae gran alegría y también un poco de miedo. ¿Dios nos puede usar para brillar su luz en el mundo? Absolutamente. Admittedly, God using us as prophets is great, but also terrifying. And when something is great and terrifying and it rings good and right and true, that can usually be credited to God. You and I are the people who walk through the doors of this cathedral. And we are the people who walk out of the doors of this cathedral. And those great doors with their wrought iron frame are a very visible permeable membrane of the divine and so are you a great priest once described God's ability to work in us like a prism where each of us is able to refract the light of God in a very particular way and God created each of us to shine with light and love and life and so we are called to shine God's love into the wait hold on so we are called to shine God's light into the darkness his divine hope into despair, and eternally life into death. God creates pathways through those around us. And when we're lucky, even if we're not paying attention, God uses our lives as lights to others. Luke says that when the fear drops away from the crowd, they're able to glorify God, they're able to recognize who God is and what God does. And that's what we do when we aren't preoccupied with the deep, absolutely relatable fear that God sees us who we are, as we are, and wants to be with us. And God wants to close the gap and give us life in those places where we die just a little bit when we separate ourselves from God. It turns out that fear is the last stand between our fuller relationship with God That doesn't exist on God's side of the equation, but it exists on ours. And perhaps that's the scariest part, that God is always waiting to walk through the door. Now Jesus had the benefit of knowing what was coming, that he would perfectly and finally show God's true nature of inestimable love to the world. But Elijah and Paul, They were totally surprised. And so we can be too. The ability to bear the light of Christ into the world is inherent within each of us. And God makes such good use of it. Think about the people in your life who have shown you love and grace, mercy and friendship, and you know that they are living from who they are. You've done the same. We can hold both the fear and the glory of God because it's not about our ability to do it, but God's ability and desire to shine through us. After all, as Anne Lamont writes, lighthouses don't go running all over an island looking for boats to save. They just stand there, shining For over a hundred years, the people that worship at Trinity Cathedral have been lighthouses to the people of Phoenix, the Valley, the state, and the world. Every person who has ever walked through these doors is a gift and a blessing brought to us by the Holy Spirit and sent forth from these doors with an encounter of God, not always as being knocked off a horse. But certainly, absolutely, and every single person around them. Nunca se sabe quién va a caminar a través de las puertas de la catedral. Un día, un hombre le preguntó si había una sacerdoticia aquí. Le dije que estaba prácticamente uno de estos. Me invitó a unirse a su iglesia, llamada la Iglesia del Amor y la Excelencia. Le dije que ya sé que la iglesia, porque, sé, porque yo soy la reverenda aquí, en una iglesia del amor y la excelencia. Todos los días, cada uno de ustedes ha sido una bendición para mí. Y estoy abrumado de esto. Mil gracias a todos You never know who's going to walk through the doors of Trinity Cathedral. A few months after I arrived, I got a page. Whitney, there's someone down here wondering if we had a high priestess. So I told him you'd be right down. When I got to the gallery, I met a man who said, Hi, are you the high priestess of this place? Close enough, I replied. How can I help you? Well, it just so happens that I am a priest too. I am the high priest of the church of love and excellence. Great. Tell me all about it. Well, we try to love each other like Jesus did and be excellent to each other. Which is great because in my opinion, it's a pretty sound theology of the gospel truth of Jesus Christ Combined with the 1980s classic, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> I'm looking for a high priestess for my church, he continued. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> and what are the responsibilities of said high priestess? It's pretty easy. You just do whatever you do here. Here. And then try to help people love each other like Jesus loves us and learn to be excellent to each other. We shook on it, and I have repeatedly asked for that title to be added to my business cards. (laughs) But, friends, the truth is, I was already a priest at the Church of Love and Excellence because I'm your priest. Every single day for over two years, since I knew that I was coming here, I've prayed for you, thank God for you, and lived in a little bit of fear and a lot a bit of glory. Because every single time, every single one of you walks through these doors, you bear the light of Christ and the love of God And the wiliness of the Holy Spirit in my heart. And I am overwhelmed by it. Thank you for walking through these doors. Thank you for making me a priest and letting me be yours. Thank you for being the church of love and excellence. Let us pray. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth takes its name. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his Spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, as you are being rooted and grounded in love. and in Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. May we love one another like Jesus Christ loves us, and may we be excellent to each other. Amen.